Welcome to Defender. I'm your host, David Marsh. Today's special guest is Carlos Francisco. All right, Defender would like to welcome Carlos Francisco to the show. Carlos's experience includes law enforcement, working for Walt Disney Company for 20 years, uh, security director at Cedar Fair, Great America, Amazon, and currently working as regional security leader for a Fortune 50 company, and is the author of So You Want to Get Into Corporate Security. Welcome to the show, Carlos. David, thank you. Thank you, Defender. I'm excited to, have, uh, to be here, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, it's really cool. I know we've been trying to get back and forth on it and getting it, getting it going, but I'm on daddy leave and at the same time trying to work. And I just had a new baby girl. And, oh, congratulations. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I started to decide to have, to have kids, you know, after I got to my mid-40s. I'm like, hey, maybe it's time to have kids now. So, uh, but hey, excited to be here, man. Defender, you guys are doing great things in really educating the folks out there and into our world, you know, the security world, security systems world. I'm seeing a lot of great things and, uh, and I'm pumped to be here. I appreciate uh, you, you welcoming me in, man. Hey, we're excited to have you on. So if you wouldn't mind, yeah, I want to really kind of dive into the, the book and what led you to, to write. Uh, so you want to get into corporate security. Yeah, I'll make it pretty quick. Uh, you know, I've always been a huge fan of the military folks and the law enforcement folks that are out there. I've had the great pleasure, like you mentioned, uh, to start my corporate security career with the Walt Disney Company. And the beauty about the Walt Disney Company is that everybody that retires decides to like move down to Florida. I don't know what it is about it. And, um, and when they do, they, they, they get a little tired. They say, you know, I'm going to go work for Disney. And to get away from my wife or my husband, you know, whatever the case may be. And I've had some amazing leaders. I mean, up to like one star general that led me one time at Disney, um, NYPD, like uh, captains that were there September 11th, you know? So, but one of the things that I've always noticed is that a lot of them had this, this difficulty in, in transitioning from like the military sense of the world, the law enforcement sense of the world into this kind of corporate security world, right? It's no more kicking yeah. down doors, guns, guns, guns. How do I do it? And some amazing leaders that I had actually failed at that transition. So I said, okay, I know you're a good person. I don't know what happened. Let me see if I can. And so, so I started to design a way. I'm like, let me, how do I translate? Uh, hence comes the corporate security translator, which is the moniker I use a lot. Um, how do I translate that world of corporate security into folks that are, you know, exemplary leaders 20, 25, 30 years into one of the most difficult businesses in the world to, you know, to translate them and put them into a, a good position when they come into corporate security? And I was just a love for that, you know, and that's how it started. What's on your radar right now in terms of just security in general and what's what's going on in the world? What's sort of the the big stuff that you're paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I try to keep it real small, David. I, as much as I want to be some kind of geopolitical professional that knows the entire uh, world and all its uh, weirdness, I, I tend to stick with what I know and I've become pretty good at it. So for me, I focus more on what's going on in the U.S., what's going on in the areas where I operate, what's going on in, in the things that I can control, right? Not so much of the stuff that I cannot control. Um, I was just asked on LinkedIn uh, a couple of weeks ago if I can <laughs> translate what's going on in 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 um, Israel uh, to to the corporate sense, the corporate security sense. And I, I told a gentleman, I said, I'm sorry, I'm many things. But one thing I'm not is a geopolitical uh, person uh, that, right. that, that that's covering that area. So for me, I focus on things that really are close to my operations, threats that are close to my operations. 
And I just happened to have one of the best um, intelligence and, and investigative team that really helps us accomplish those things. So I'm very thankful for that every single day that we actually have the budget to operate with those amazing folks. Yeah, I, I wanted to actually touch on just data centers in, in general and yeah. sort of your your scope. We were we we're talking about that a little bit before we started, and uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to, you know, uh, get your insights on the data center and security within that sphere. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the beauty about data centers is that it truly is, though, you know, I work for a private company. Um, we are holding a lot of people's data and, and ultimately we are the communicators to the world of what's going on. And so we, in a sense, become critical infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, not as you think, you know, in a government sense, David, but, you know, not roadways or, but a lot of the data and communication does come through. Uh, a lot of these companies that you see out there that hold their data in data centers. So for me, we're critical infrastructure. The thing about the data center world, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier is that it's continuing to grow and it's not going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah. As a matter of fact, today, you know, um, I just spoke at data center world in Austin and one of the numbers that kept on popping up was as $320 billion business today. And it's going to turn out to be a $525 billion business at the end of 2025. So if you think about this, right, we're at the end of 2023. In two years, this thing is almost going to double in a way. Um, and it's true because the growth doesn't stop. And because I'm well connected to it, I mean, you could just plug in new data center opening on Google and you will see yeah. lines and lines and lines of it. So the beauty about it is the way we go about securing the building. And primarily, it's really for compliance space you know, in, in certifications, because we got to make sure we're compliant with everything from Europe, G- GDPR. Um, India is coming out with their own GDPR uh, compliance, um, you know, the U.S. But we so we secure for compliance, you know, because we're so secure, the threat of like uh, Batman, the all of a sudden turn bad coming down, you know, on a dark airplane uh, up in our s- roof and down the louvers and you know, Ocean's Eleven type deal that barely ever happens. Um, but yeah, but here are some of the things that are huge for us. A great fence line is huge for us. Access control. Yeah. Oh my God. Camera systems, extremely important for us. And, uh, and being able to maintain all of those, uh, intrusion detection systems too is, is big for us in some, some parts in some areas. So, um, huge business. It's still a niche in our industry, David, uh, for the security folks. And I highly suggest, look, if you haven't looked into the data center world and you're either transitioning or right now you're trying to figure out what's your next security thing, um, data center is going to have a great opportunity for everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the growth on that is insane, isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you turn. Somebody's building a data center somewhere. Yeah. Oh, and here's the beauty, too, David. When we when we presented, myself and Rhett Waddell presented at GSX this past, uh, this couple months ago, a couple already. Oh, my Lord. I know. Um, we presented on on data center security. And I think, you know, we're literally the only ones that present on data center security. And when we looked at the area just of Dallas, it was 81 different data centers just in Dallas. And wow. when I presented in Atlanta the year prior, 92 92 data centers. So they're out there. We just don't know, right? Yeah, exactly. And so what was your, your takeaway from GSX? Were there, were there any sort of big moves that you thought were, were worth um, kind of underscoring? You know, for me, GSX is a little bit different for everybody, Dave. And for me, 
It's really trying to find a technology that I believe that's going to just take over the world. And there's uh, there's some good ones out there um, that that I thought were important. So I'll take this answer in a couple of different ways. Um, one of them, I'm always in search. Of, now, again, I've been doing this since I was uh, 19. I actually ran any coaxial back back to an old VCR, which I had to slow down to six hours on the table, my little nine-inch nine screen TV. Um, then I had to change the tape every once in a while, run uh, run wires back to the 1020, you know, the old Linnell boards that uh, are still out there. Um, so for me, it's really trying to find something that is truly revolutionary that I feel or that I feel can get there. Um, and I was able to find a couple of different companies that I think are doing that or will do that though, though I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to name them because we're supposed to have a meeting so they can really tell me, uh, if the, you know, because AI is not really AI. There's a lot of work done in, uh, yeah. in the back end, you know, in a dark room with a bunch of intelligent people. So, um, so looking for technology is always great. Making new friends and relationships are always great for me because I love the industry as a whole. Um, but I just love the quality of people that are really coming out and are really willing and able to to help each other. Uh, I thought everybody was uh, very conversational. A lot of times you go to these things and it's like a it's like a measuring stick of who's cooler than the other. Right. Um, I tend to be the the other way. Uh, again, being the Disney guy that I am, I I'm open to to everybody or anything. But this one's a really good one. I appreciate it. And next time, next year is going to be in my hometown, Old Town, Orlando, Florida. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, when you're you're kind of walking the floor, what's your process of researching uh, new tech and and just you know you're looking to solve a challenge? You know, what's your what's your process on doing that? Yeah, interestingly enough, it, it starts with me. Uh, all the pro, you know, because I really want to look at and really define what my need is. If I'm looking for a specific need, and it's let's say access control or cameras, let's talk about cameras, real easy, simple one. Sure. You know, if, if it's an access control, if it's a, I'm sorry, if it's a camera system, I'm looking for a bunch of different things, but, but it starts with me and I have to define what that is. So I define it first. Hey, what is it that I want it to do? And it works out in a way that I just, I go, okay, how much distance do I want? How much, how clear the pixels, how many frames per second am I really looking for, for that cl clarity? Right. And then the AI, and I'm doing in quotes here, um, the AI stuff that's out there. Um, so uh, yeah, first of all, I start there and then I kind of go into the relationship. You know, I, I happen to meet a lot of people in the industry. So I, I'm Latin, uh, David, and I start with a good relationship. If I, if I can't have a coffee with you, have a conversation or a beer with you, you know, we, that's how we start. Right. So as I'm going through it and, and trying really to evaluate all these things, I'm looking for the reliability of the product because essentially a lot of them are, the same, I have, I have to say. However, the customer service for me, they're not the same. So how much are they willing to work with me through the customer service piece of it? Um, if I need those technologies, where are they in the world? Can I get them there? Because I, I run a global company, right? I'm involved in a global company. You, that, that's, yeah. a big, you know, that's a big sticking point is getting support, you know, all the time zones, right? And, and getting yeah. something done quickly. Um, that's, 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 that's exactly deal. it. And can somebody work on it, right? I, you yeah. might be able to get that product, you know, and I'm not saying that I've worked with products like IDS and truth detection systems that are only allowed in certain countries. 
Uh, but there was an, another time with an AWS company that, that I, when I was at Amazon, that we might have looked into that. But uh, really looking at those things. And then is it open ended on the back? Can, can I integrate with other things? Extremely yeah, important key. to me. Yeah. Oh my God, man. If we're not doing that, uh, can you scale with me? I just told you where the data center business is going. Yeah. And if I can't see that you can scale with me, I, you know, then, then it's really going to be tough. Though I'm willing to help everybody. Um, and doing business with people that I know, like, and trust, you know, that's the way, that's the way. So, but last but not least, by the way, I, once I believed in all these things that I just said, as I'm looking for technology, right. I still go and call some old friends, people that mentored me and people that I trust, you know, and I call them out and say, hey, have you heard about this company? What do you think about them? You know, anything negative, positive, what do you, you know, what are your, do, do you know of something better? I mean, I still ask those questions too. By the way, you know, my mentors are key still in my life till today, and I'm very thankful yeah. for them. Yeah. That's where it all starts, right? Is is somebody kind of coaches you up on things, and it's always nice to be able to go back and, and uh, sync up with them and get their insights on things uh, because I'll you tell have you, that. Dave, and you want to know what's sad, Dave? People what's forget that? to go back and thank them. Man, isn't that the truth? People forget to go back and thank them, you know? So, everybody, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening out here today, uh, I don't know. Don't press pause because uh, we're we're going along here. But make sure you make a note to thank all your uh, mentors after this. Obviously, you're you're writing another book, and I won't I won't ask uh, too much about it because okay. you know I'm sure you're you're still working on it, right? Yeah. Still. Well, the first the first piece went to the publisher okay. uh, about a month ago, so they're reviewing it, and I'll tell you I'll tell you a little bit about it if you don't mind. Okay. Is that yeah, okay? That'd be great. Yeah. So the first book is So You Want to Get Into Corporate Security. That was my first book is really trying to introduce, you know, those law enforcement, military folks, federal folks into what corporate security was. And I kind of broke down what some of the things that you may need to know. And then as I was thinking about it, I said, well, now they're in. And how can I create a book now that's for everybody? So I said, well, now they're in. If I were to build a security program from, from scratch, from nothing, what would I do, right? So I started writing about those different things. And it's so you want to start your corporate security program. That's the, the working title right now, uh, David. And we break down uh, the beginning uh, leadership. We break down um, minimum standards documents. You, God, you'd be amazed how many companies still doesn't have a minimum standards document on how you're going to even attack security systems, right, in, in your sites. Right. Um, policies, procedures. Going into changing all of those into guidelines, post orders, dealing in the relationship with partners and your company lawyers, right? Your legal team and what the, what is that and how important it is for the security professional that's leading that program. Um, oh, God, I break down into different lines of businesses within security. I explain what corporate investigations is or are because there's wow. all different types of investigations. I break down what. Uh, asset protection slash back in my days was loss prevention, but uh, asset protection is like, and some of the things that you're dealing with in all those things, but I go into everything, into operations, into, you know, I led a team at Disney of behavioral assessment folks. So undercover folks. Um, so all of those different lines of business from HR to finance, here's the thing. I break down finance. I break down what it is to, to be part of an RFP and how to lead an RFP. And how not to get in trouble while doing an RFP. Um, you know, I, I lead, oh God, I lead conversations on, if you're going to get a vendor, here are some of the things that you need to think about 
as you're hiring this vendor, you know? Um, well, that's, so- that's great advice then, because that, that's one point I think a lot of security professionals struggle with is the RFPs and putting those things together and going to legal and being able to explain why you need this and justifying that and, and getting funding for it. And then doing some sort of bid is, you know, can be a, a lot of work. Yeah. And breaking down, you know, corporate risk. I think another thing that I learned in our industry is that people that come from like the military law enforcement side or are brand new to security, you know, they do everything on through an idea of what their past was like. You know, a lot of policies they're putting forth are based on, I don't know, maybe some international treaty, David, that they were part of, you know, as in the military or law enforcement think of. A, a criminal statute within a state and they're like, okay, well, if my team members are doing this, then we must write a policy this way, you know? Um, so I kind of educate through the book, really those differences in thoughts and ideas. Um, but going back a little bit to the RFP part, you know, like it's very important for people that are out there trying to get any vendor. It could be just a contract guard force or any vendor to really focus on some things. And I actually took a couple of, Couple pieces, bullet points from that RFP part, David. If you don't mind me just sharing with them, sure, go for it. I'd love to. Yeah, here's some things when you're looking at at this stuff, and you can look at their bill rates. You can see what they offer, right? All the simple stuff, what technologies they're bringing into the field or not. Um, but here are some things that we forget to look at. How are the companies doing financially? It's something that I, I like to look at because I want to make sure that they can do my business, run my business, and not getting paid until about 90 days later. And a lot of times they, they won't have the finance to do that, especially in the bigger business. Um, what's their leadership structure like? For me, very important coming from Disney. Are they a customer-centric company? And then are they training their people in customer-centric education? However that is. But then background checks on the companies, leaders that I'll be working with directly, their, their stability, again, on, on finances. Um, are they licensed? You'd be amazed. How many people come to work at your state and they're not licensed to work on that state or they're wow. licensed lapsed or something like that? I mean, you, I see it in the news all the time. City, I forgot what city it was. They just hired a security company that half of their leadership had like felony criminal backgrounds and they were just in the city, gave them six hundred and some thousand dollars for the year to run their license in their little downtown city. So things like that. But are they licensed? Um, are they insured, right? Some people forget, like, that's part of it. Are they insured? How much? And what's their liability? Um, uh, their history in the business market, being able to ask other people if you had them, haven't had them. Um, I'll stop with, uh, even Department of Labor websites or how many complaints are about them. How many? So I'd look into all of those things, David, and the criminality behind the company, right? I'd look to see how many times they've been sued or not sued or their people have been to court or not court and representing whatever the case may be. I do a heck of a lot of work in making sure I'm working with the right people. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, if you balance that between, to me, you know, I think about a vendor as a manufacturer of a security product. And then right. you, you mentioned education. I'm really huge on that. And that's, that was what we're really trying to, to bring to bear is, you know, how to make it uh, easier for end users to grab the information that they want and understand how it solves a problem, not uh, just know about a product, meaning, most of the stuff that I see, Carlos, is it's sort of like the product pitch. Like, here's a product. Here it is. Like, check that out. And you, you should get it. And versus, yeah. you know, here's a problem that you have and here's how it solves the problem, right? And so we've, we've been sort of leaning into that, just trying to, um, you know, go more and more in depth on it because I just think it's, it's just needed. 
Um, okay. But, you know, that that's one piece. So I'm I'm with you on education. I think that's going to be a uh, a major thing that that um, leaders, at least in, in the in the vendor space, should be working on. I would like to I would like to propose this, David. I would like to propose an MIT style, like the Motorcycle Institute of Technology. If you know anybody that's ever been to MIT, right? You go to MIT and they they work on motorcycles. And because there's not many people working on motorcycles, you'd be amazed, right? And a lot of them that do, they just work on their own bikes at home. Uh, but yeah. but the industry needs like guys like me that likes to ride motorcycles, but I don't know anything about it. I need you. So here it is. Here's what I'm going to propose to the industry. Is that if you create a school like an MIT, get kids right out of high school, get whatever, you know, people to, to learn security systems as a whole all day, every day. I don't care if you are one of the big vendors that are out there doing their thing, but then make sure you incorporate them into companies that need them. We have a tremendous shortage today, David, of integrators, of people that are actually in the field integrating these, these, these technologies. And if we could just get one, one of the big ones to step up and say, okay, I'm going to create this kind of MIT style. I'm going to put them in, in jobs. I'll pay for them while they come to my school. I'm going to put them in jobs, just like MIT does. You pay me a little bit back, a little bit money just to give back to the school that you went to that supported you, right? Because I think, again, secure, the future of security is not people. It's people doing like these kinds of jobs, but you know, you're not going to see in a hundred guard force in one location anymore. I mean, that's going to be yeah. cut by probably 75%. And you're going to see a lot more technology. That means we need a lot more technology people, but we're not out there truly creating these schools to educate them. And let me tell you, I know people, including myself, that are short in many, many locations throughout the country of people that are security systems folks. You know? So, yeah. Is it, do you think it's just because technology is going so quickly that, um, you know, they're just having a hard time catching up with that? No, I think that companies are focused on sales as they should, but they're but they're forgetting that in order for you to do all these sales, you need people that can work on these products that you're trying to sell. And if you have nobody that can work on these products trying to sell, then guys like me, that one of the first questions I'm going to ask you, well, who do you have to work on it? And you know, can I get them embedded into my team? Oh yeah, but uh, but I don't have anybody in Altoona, Iowa. You know, right. but if you created a school where you say, hey. We'll educate you. We'll pay for you. You can stay here at the dorm. And once you're done, we got places all over the country that you can go to, right? You would be the first company that would actually tell every single client that came to you uh, that you'll be able to say, absolutely, I got somebody. As a matter of fact, we got three people lined up that whenever we're ready to implement this, they're there for you. And they're actually going to move into your area. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you. You've worked a little bit with uh, ASIS, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's something future... For for them, you know, I see the sort of the uh, mentoring of the younger younger folks trying to get into security and, and getting them going. And I think you know, probably your book is the next book that you're coming out with would be perfect for somebody that's just wanting to get in and really understand sort of big picture of of how to uh, grow into that role. Um, yeah. What do you, what, what's your thoughts just on you know the next generation and getting them up and running on uh, as a security professional? Yeah, the next generation. You know, it's really funny because um, a lot of the old timers, folks that I looked up to, are all retiring now. You know, they're finally, yeah. you know, ASIS started in 1955. And a lot of those folks were like, they were kicking this thing off in 1955 and uh, in 60, 65 as we were going through and then after Vietnam War, you know, when a lot of folks kind of got into corporate security after the Vietnam War. So, 
Um, here's the thing about ASIS, and, and I'm a big fan. I'm a CPP, right? I'm always there. We do presentations on them all the time. But I think that we as a whole need to evolve from a lot of that, what I just said, 1960, 65, 70 stuff. We're getting better at it every day. As a matter of fact, my partner and I in crime, uh, Scott Walker, uh, we created this thing called Corporate Security University. And, and our goal is to, and by the way, we are CP certified through ASIS. So we do work with ASIS. And our focus is to really push these things that I think we're going to need in the future to include leadership of young folks falling into the corporate security world. Because 90, one of the studies that we did in corporate security universities is that 92% of the people 10 years from now in 2033, they're going to need people classes. I know it sounds crazy, but it's more than communications. It's more than what we took in college. You know, we have to do presentations in front of people. Right. It's, it's really the people education because many, many of them are growing up in front of a screen and there's still going to be positions in our field that you will have to deal with people face to face. You're going to have to talk to them. And so 92% of people in 2033 that will be in the security industry will need literally people skills class on how to just talk to people. So maybe we need to start there, but um, definitely uh, jump up the technology piece. Well, you, you hit on a, on a big piece of it, right? Because as a security person, you deal with every single department, you know, within your, your company. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, having people skills is a, is, a, is a big piece of it for sure. So that's a great place to start. Uh, for sure. I agree. I agree. I always tell people that 90%, 90% of what you do in security, especially if you're running any kind of business, could be on the security system side or a contract guard force business, 90% of it is customer relations. If you can give me the best service that you, you know, that I've ever had in my life, you're always winning because really 10% is bombs and bad guys, right? And then 90% is how you deal with other people to include the people that you're overseeing in a site or Whatever right. the case may be. So, yeah, man. 20 years at Walt Disney. Uh, what are yeah. what are some of the uh, the stories that you have in terms of uh, things that you've seen there as a security guy? Uh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you have stories to tell, but uh, what, what can you share with uh, with everybody? First of all, one of the coolest places I have ever had the awesome pleasure of working. I mean, we saw everything you can possibly imagine. You know, it's a big city. Uh, now it's 43 square miles. When I started, it was 48 square miles. But if you think of that, it's on average 500,000 people or so, 350, 500,000 people, depending on the season inside of that city at a time. That is a small city. Yeah. So we have a power plant, water plant to take care of the entire property. So when we're doing security there, we're not doing security just of parks and park operations and people. I mean, we're dealing with power plants, water plants. We're dealing with the university. Uh, Disney University is in the back of uh, Magic Kingdom, right? We're dealing with office spaces. We're dealing with roadways, by the way. Uh, the roadways are, are roadways, World Drive, you know, and, and all that stuff. So well, you get to see a lot of different stuff, but not so much different, David, that you see in a big city. And we are consistently working hard to, to stop those, those, uh, different crimes that occur and, yeah. and all the issues that we've had. I mean, for one time, we were the number one place to pass counterfeit bills. In America. Wow. Because, you know, everybody goes on vacation. It's normal for you to have a $100 bill. And that's the bill that's used mostly to, to counterfeit, right? To be counterfeited. Mm -hmm. So that used to be the number one place. So we're dealing with a lot of that. Back then, I mean, we were dealing with uh, check fraud. Uh, back when you could print your checks at home with the old Versa checks, you know, you just print them at home and you can use them. 
Well, people were coming and buying, you know, merchandise on Versa checks, wow. you know, and we were accepting them like everybody else. So, um, oh my God, so many different things that we dealt with. But like I said, it's a small city. So if you think of a city, David, there's a good chance that we were dealing with it at this. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. I didn't think about fraud as to be a, a big piece of that for sure. Oh, absolutely, man. You, you name it and, and we dealt with it. So, but you know, again, the most amazing people are there. Uh, people that have 20, 25, 30 years of careers and they knew exactly what to do, when to do. And that's why I still think it's one of the safest places on earth. Well, that and they have the, the cruise lines. I mean, they have hotels, everything. So, uh, yeah, it's a gigantic system of, of things to, uh, to protect. So I, I can imagine as, as a security director, that would be a, a heck of a job for sure. By the way, the cruise lines are hiring security officers right now at Disney. If, uh, if anybody's interested, and the Walt Disney Company is always hiring security officers. By the way, proprietary security, their own security folks, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you kind of touched on what you're looking for in a system integrator, you know, just in terms of them being able to support you and have the, the, the sort of manpower to, to uh, understand, you know, how to, how to implement solutions and, and do that. So yeah. on, on the vendor side, uh, what do you see in a, in a manufacturer? Like, what are some of the the key attributes? You talked a little about I integration, but um, you know, what are some of the things that you're looking for in terms of support for a large co corporation like your yours? Yeah, for me, it's an expertise in the data center business. If we're going to talk about data center specific, that you have an idea of what it is, or at least you've done your research and talked to other companies to really understand where you're getting into. Because you have to have a deep understanding of compliance and certification uh, in that field. Everything from SOCs, right, to SOC 1, 2, 3. Uh, we're dealing with, uh, with credit cards, so PCI, DSS. If you understand how important your system is to me in maintaining those compliance and certifications, and you can actually tell me that, you know, you can articulate those things. Right away, you have my ears, and, and I'm automatically listening to you because I'm like, you know, this person knows my business, and that's really... Uh, exciting. Again, the service that they provide to me is huge. If they can provide me an awesome service and somebody's coming back and always answering my questions and whenever I have an issue, you know, you and I don't have to have a fix this thing SLA within eight hours. You know, you automatically try your best to make those things happen uh, without me having to put SLAs on, on some kind of a statement of work, right? If you're doing those things, right. you're great. For me also is the culture. What is the culture of your company compared to my culture? And are we the same? Because if I hear that you're treating people like crap, because it, by the way, it gets around. We, we know this stuff and they talk. People that are working at my sites, they openly talk, man. And if they tell me, you know, I work, I work for a pretty open company and we're a pretty cool company, man. We're open to everybody and that's a beautiful thing. But if you're not doing those things, you know, I'll know about it. And then, got to make sure your culture is right. And then um, if you if you can provide me with some data like security stuff, if you can really show me where you, your system, whatever it is, uh, is focusing on that, on my sensitive company data, right? You're a winner too, because I, I deal in data privacy in the data center world. And if you can talk to me, it's like you're singing in my ears, you know, Dave, when you, when you say those things. So, but yeah, th those are the kind of things that I look for. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that, that, that is something that in my prior life, uh, I ran into where it was a large, uh, fortune 50 and they had 
cameras that didn't have, they didn't adhere to a new security uh, requirement that they had corporately. And yeah, they, I mean, if you, yeah, I was just going to say, they let the, they let the manufacturer know, Hey, you know, cause they, they did large I and mean, huge installs and yeah. um, table the conversation and they just didn't, didn't think it was important enough. Uh, so they got swapped out. So it does happen where, you know, you have to really pay attention to the customer needs and requirements and understanding that, um, you know, when they say something's really important to you and having that relationship you kind of talked about earlier where, you know, you're, you're talking and if I was working with you and we're, we're like, hey, this is really important to me. We got to have this done. This is a new requirement. I need you to bubble that up to, you know, engineering or whoever, or maybe we have another conversation with them directly. Um, those are really big, big things to, to hear. Uh, and I think ma- manufacturers really need to, to listen, especially for a large corporation that has these large rollouts, uh, especially for data centers, because like you said, those are going to be growing and growing. Absolutely, David. I'll throw, I'll throw one more in there. If you're, if you're hiring consultants to do this, make sure they, all, they also understand the data privacy. You know, California has very specific, even down to emails. You know, if it's this, you don't have a type of security within your emails, that's a problem. And if you hire a consultant that's unaware of those kinds of things, then that's, that's going to be a problem, right? California just passed something, you know, I'm kind of get away from this a little bit, but workplace violence, every company now with 10 or more employees are going to have to have a workplace violence program period starting next year, right? If you hire a consultant that doesn't understand that that law literally just passed two weeks ago here in California, then your company's operating without that. Well, there's a lot of that especially in the data privacy world, a lot coming from Europe, you know, that's kind of just, they're like, well, let's do it the same way as Europe. What's the most stringent place? Okay. Let's just do our security that way and be done. with Right. It. Yeah. So, it seems like yeah. Europe's led, led the way, uh, like with GDPR and, and sort of California was the first to really kind of emulate that. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure more will follow, but um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, those are huge things to, to pay attention to for sure. Absolutely, man. And, and technology, you know, is getting better. It's getting better. 20 years ago, you know, it was like, I was okay with just the, you know, the old wood fence. Give me a wood fence. I'm good. And I'm a simple guy, David. You know, it, it goes from that to just a chain link fence. And then now we have the old, you know, anti-climb, anti-cut. I mean, that technology has changed, right? You got, yeah. you got, I don't know, ballistics fencing, which by the way, I never, I don't, I don't have that need and I, I wouldn't buy it, but it's, it's expensive. I'll tell you. But even that, you know, uh, even access control too. You know, we went from the old keys. I had a lot of keys. It was why you walked around with like a bunch of keys in your hands, you know, and <laughs> you're doing key, key assists all over the place down to the old, you know, they're like, wait, the hotel industries are using mag stripes. Well, we can use mag stripes too. You know, then a lot of companies went to the old mag stripes on the, on the access control and then, um, kind of kept on moving on, right? To the RFID that we, that we, well, I still see a lot of today all over the place with some kind of combination of keyless, you know, right. biometrics or whatever. So we've come a long way from 20 years ago. And um, surveillance, especially. I mean, uh, oh God, I was I was lucky enough to be there right right when it started. Megapixel started came out, yeah, and uh, it was just such a such a huge shift for the industry. You know, because Pixel Man was the most wanted man in the world, right? Um, and and you, you could just never get any good quality video at all. You know, you're going through this, this footage. And, uh, so megapixel really made a huge, huge difference. And that was a lot of fun to, uh, to be able to provide that benefit, uh, to customers. 
I agree. I mean, you know, when we moved out of analog, it was like, oh, you know, angels came out yeah. and those are a lot of good stuff. And then when you were able to really break down the pixels, you know, I remember like 10 megapixels, like, oh, we got 30 frames. Okay. You know, now we're, do- now we're doing something, right? And then it just kept on going and getting better. But you're right. When we started using those pixality changes for alarms, you know, like as, as intrusion detection systems kind of thing, I was like, yeah, okay, now we're getting somewhere, you know? I'm looking at companies now that can bring that to the next level and truly call it AI. I'm looking forward to see not R&D in the back end, right? Where we're inputting a bunch of software stuff, updates to the, to the computer, to, to the camera itself, but um, to the software itself. But I, I'm looking for the day that it really becomes something just crazy special. Machine learning where the whole thing's learning by itself and it's moving by itself and it's not just R&D put in the back end. I yeah. think there are some companies out there that are that are going to start pushing that even harder here in the next 10 years. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where where it goes. Like you have the edge-based stuff uh, yep. where it's on the camera, but yet then you have the VMS, which is sort of the the big brain, right? So you have all that information and all the different integrations going there. So, you know, where is it going to be both? Is it going to be one or the other? Um, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that, that gets integrated, um, you know, because you have these different... Vendors that come up and then they're completely proprietary and folks like yourself, I'm sure want something that's going to integrate with your corporate standard. Um, yep. so I, I kind of wonder, you know, if it, if it belongs more on the, uh, on the VMS side and, and having that as a plugin that works to, to have all of the cameras sort of have that capability or is it going to be by camera where it has hardware? Anyway, we can go into feeds and speeds, but I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on. You know, what, would, what would be your preference if you're looking at a solution where it's it's on the camera um, as long as that integrates with your VMS and can pull that information in? That's great. But well, I, that's a that's a part of integration. I mean, if you get that, you know, in a camera that just integrate with any then obviously in a VMS, the way to be. And if we do that, incredible, um, you know, and hopefully those things are getting smaller, 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 or um, even on, on data. Um, um, Megabits oh per God. second. I mean, even to, to be able to hold that much data in space. Oh, right? yeah. Becomes yeah I mean, I'm in data center, so the smaller, the better for us because it's getting, it's getting huge. Yeah. Um, but here's something interesting, David. How about starting a data center company that only holds security data and it's the most secured place on earth? Just saying. Yeah. We'll be the cloud to security. Only well, security. I, it's funny. You think about how much of... These systems too that are out right now are hosted, you know, uh, if you're cloud-based. Uh, so yep. those are are being hosted out somewhere. But yeah, no one's really uh, consolidated that into its own data center for sure. Security only, you know. I'm telling you, it's gonna be That's the future. Awesome. Hey, so let's do it. Let's make it happen, David. There we go. <laughs> uh, n- n- just a, a few a few billion. That's all you need. So. Yeah, buddy. Um, what, what's your, what's your sort of share with, uh, the defender community? You kind of know what we're, what we're building out here. Um, and we're just trying to get, you know, more and more people within the security industry, uh, to really see that there's a huge benefit for, uh, catering to the, the end customers, right. Of what, what you guys are looking for and, and, uh, and hearing you and, and, um, kind of educating on, on product. What would you like to see from defender? Is there anything that, uh, kind of piqued your interest? 
Yeah, that's exactly it. It's more education, more education about security systems, more education about what each one of those pieces do, how they do it and when they do it. There's a lot of folks, David, that come into our industry and they don't have the security systems background. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of them are still trying to figure that out. And it's one of the things that I put in my book that if you want to understand corporate security, you might want to go and reach out to these companies and get an education on all of these systems that are out there and available. I think we're missing a whole lot of that in our industry because we do have amazing folks that are cops, military folks, but a lot of those jobs, the maj- I mean, almost all of them do not deal in what's going to be extremely important here in the future. Um, so we could do that. If we can infiltrate the colleges, universities, and the young folks, you know, I mm. usually tell them two things. I'm on the board of University of Central Florida, and I'm also on the board of American Military University. And when they ask me, what are two things that we should be focusing on? I say, look, primarily cybersecurity all the way. Our data centers, yeah. that's still our biggest threat to our data centers. That's not going to change. But the second thing is security systems, because we need people, because systems are only going to get better faster, and we're going to need more intelligent people to work on it, you know, and we're going to need people to run the wires, right? I mean, that's still going to happen. So I tell them to focus on those things. So if we can have more education on that, especially on kind of the defender side of the house, a lot of what is security systems? How do they work? What is the point of them? You know, how, how well do they work in different settings? You know, not every intrusion de- detection system works in the same settings. Not every camera system works facing the same direction, especially if the right. sun is going to hit it for the next four hours and it's on the way of the camera. Like little things like that, how, how the height where it needs to be, the camera, you know, education on the systems, David, I think it'll be key for us in the, in the corporate security side. I appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, think, uh, I think you're right. I think education is a, a big key. Oh, obviously, it's just it's needed. Uh, yeah. You can just you can just sort of see that. So it's an area that we definitely want to help out with, and and it's great to be able to just chat with uh, folks like yourself, and you know just just uh, kind of go through what what you think of the industry and what's going on in the world. So uh, I appreciate yeah, jumping man. on, and uh, you'll have to come back on, and we'll have to, especially when the book comes out, uh, you'll have to come back out, and we'll just uh, chat Absolutely. a little bit, and catch up. We'll dissect it, man. We'll dissect it. And, and we'll definitely talk about those parts, like the, the, the technology side of things on our side of the world that are extremely important to the future. Yeah. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, you thanks for coming day. on. I, I appreciate your time, Carlos. Thank you and Defender, my friend. You're the man. I appreciate you. You got it. Take care. It was great speaking with Carlos. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and hearing from other security professionals in the industry. Now, if you're not already subscribed, click the link below, hit the notification bell for new episodes. And until next time, this is David with Defender. Defender.